This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I wouldn't go back in time and change a thing because I think that I keep that with me as a fuel of source. And I'm happy that kind of happened to me because it made my skin thicker. Welcome to episode 406 with Warren Ziders. Mike, after we finish this interview, my trainer who comes over to the house, uh, Kevin Klug, he saw Warren walk out. Warren's a pretty big dude. Big guy. Jack yeah. dude. At, you know, former athlete. Um, played, what's that sport where they throw the... Lacrosse. Cro- croquet. Yes, lacrosse. And, not croquet, but yes. <laughs> so he was like, was that Warren Ziders? I said, yeah. And what he knew of Warren Ziders was, he said, oh, he's the guy that figured out the algorithm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I watched some of his stuff online. I like it. But he's known because he figured it out. Like he was smart enough to know how to use TikTok and not only be real good, but implement like the perfect strategy to blow up. Hack the system. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. I said, what do you, what do you know about that? He goes, I don't know. That's just what everybody says. Like he's the one that figured it out. So did you know? I didn't know that. I didn't know that, no. Yeah. So I liked Warren. Not really what I expected, but in the best way, because his pictures, he looks, I don't know, like he would brand you. Yeah, I thought he was going to come in, like spit on the floor, throw some things around. Really warm, really nice guy. I mean, he left and I was like, dang, I like that dude. So Warren Ziders, let's tell you a little bit about him. His debut album, Pretty Little Poison, comes out 825. Let me do my finger. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August 25th. Got it. So the sampler is already out. And here's a little clip of Pretty Little Poison from Warren Ziders right now. She's my pretty little poison. Ride the Lightning became a big hit. Kind of, again, social media. Here's a clip of that one. Because when the clock strikes midnight, gonna ride the lightning. On tour through November 15th, go to warrenziders.com, Z-E-I-D-E-R-S.com. He's out with a thousand horses. He's 24. I thought he was a little older. Young guy. Yeah, just a kid. Uh, from Hershey, Pennsylvania. Music, as he talks about, was not a massive part of his household. You know, he sang in church like a lot of other artists and played sports. And then 
mean, he had some real some real injury type stuff. Like there's broken arms and legs, and then there's head injuries, like brain stuff. Yeah. And so it got you know pretty dicey with him. But here he is. Follow him on Instagram and TikTok at Warren Ziders, Z E I D E R S. And here he is, our time with Warren Ziders. Nice watch you got there. Thank you. Is that new? No, it's actually not. It's uh, probably 15 years old. It was my dad's. I'm assuming it, it, it's from here. It looks like a Rolex. Is that a Rolex? Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I only recently started to get them because I've only recently started to make good money. <laughs> and I always just saw them on TV. So I thought one day when I start to make it, I'm going to get one. I got like seven now and I got I to stop. But I, now I see them. It's like when you have a car and let's say you buy a, you know, an Accord. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, God dang, there's so many Accords on the road. As soon as you walked in, I was like, I didn't even see. I just saw a Rolex walk in and I'm like, look at that. <laughs> a Rolex just floated in the room. So, and I'm not liking it. Like Luke Combs is like a big watch guy too. Mm-hmm. And so he's, do you know much about watches? Cause I don't. I don't either. Like I said, this was my dad's mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually a gift to me. It looks good. It's um, it's solid. I've had a lot of people try to buy, yeah, buy it off solid. of me. <laughs> Um, but I, it was, I, I'll write a number down. You tell me if it's good enough to buy it from you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's something I'll hold on to and give to my son one that's day great. too. Awesome. Um, but it was supposed to be a gift for me when I graduated college, but I didn't graduate college. I signed a record deal instead. So I was like, you know, do I still get the Rolex? That's funny. <laughs> you know, you're a lot smilier than I thought you'd be. I've heard that before. Like, not that it's good or bad, but hearing your music, seeing press seeing press pictures of you like uh-huh. this here you look like a freaking cowboy that's going to kick me in the balls if i say a cross word about you or your mama you know instead you're still that dude and you're ripped and you're a good looking dude but it's like you're friendly as crap yeah i, I like to think i'm i think i'm pretty friendly yeah <laughs> i'm surprised uh, not that you're friendly but you're just very happy i like it you i assume you're grinding pretty hard right now uh yes just traveling playing shows Give me your last 72 hours. Last 72 hours. Okay, so we're on, what's today, Monday now? Yeah, lean up there. Yeah, my bad. We're on Monday now, so... uh, You already know he's going hard if he has to go, okay, we're on Monday, okay? (laughs) I I have to do the same thing sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's, it's weird now. Um, CMA week, this is my first one. First time ever being there as a fan either. Uh, So that was weird being in town, having shows, not being out of Nashville and bobbing and weaving, but... um, between I played Riverfront on Thursday and then I did Spotify House and then after that got on the bus that night went to Iowa uh, played at a festival got to go out on stage for the first time with uh, Jelly Roll super sweetheart of a human being Um, him and I had just recently met uh, at the softball game the charity softball game and he came up to me and I was like hey man like I'm, I'm Warren Ziders and he's like I know who you are and I was like oh I didn't know that so super nice dude then did that and then got in uh, yesterday morning and then I just did something for uh, the highway yesterday as well and then was doing stuff last night uh, with my tour manager who's also my best friend and then now here we are. How many here. of those, you say your tour manager's your best friend, Yeah. how many of those people from home or like your old school friends do you kind of have in your crew somewhat? Um, so actually, uh, shout out to Jared. He just drove me and dropped me off, uh, my tour manager. Uh, he was actually working for my mom and uh, he did not like his job. He was an accountant, wasn't his thing, didn't like being at a desk and whatnot. So I pulled him out of that. He didn't have any background in this whole thing. Neither did I, but here we are. I, We're doing pretty well so far. Um, but I brought him out of that and brought him on the road with me. And uh, just, it's nice having somebody 
from back home that I, I not only that I trust, but someone that I know has my back and loves me. That's been a big priority for me through my career too. Like Mike here was an intern for me way back. He runs the show now. Yeah. Like he's my voice as much as I am, but like my co-hosts on my radio show were all people that never worked in radio, yep. but that they made me feel good and made me perform better because I felt good. And then they got really good at their jobs in the meantime. And it's just worked out and been pretty amazing that I've been able to do that because it was all for me. Yeah. I mean, it's for them too, but really it was for me because they made me feel good yeah. and comfortable and safe. And so that actually elevated me and it gave me the freedom to, to elevate myself. And I, I kind of feel like that's happening with you here too. Yeah. I think as long as you're comfortable in doing what you're doing, you're going to flourish. And I think that that was the mindset behind it. And my parents are also very heavily involved. I was raised in a family with uh, businesses and my parents are both uh, business acumen. And um, my mom was a CFO. My dad did investments for years and uh, he's been in cars, car sales and uh, ran dealerships for the past 10, 15 years as well. Um, so they're heavily involved in just helping me and helping me flourish and just have my back, which is really fortunate to have that. Are they involved in, or do they look at the numbers? Oh yeah. My mom's actually my business manager. Okay. Now we're talking. Yep. <laughs> that's, I struggled with hiring a business manager because again, I come from a very humble upbringing where I didn't know, you just went to the mill to work. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so I was like, wait, I got to pay somebody <laughs> 5% depending on, I was like, I don't, I don't understand. First <laughs> no. of all, they're going to look at everything I make <laughs> and then I got to pay somebody. But then what had happened, and I think you're seeing this and you have been for a bit now is that I'm paying percentages to people. Mm -hmm. So I got agents, 10%. I got management, 15%. Yeah. I got to pay the band when I was, I got, and I'm like, oh my God, I'll pay them 10, I'll pay my business manager 10%, whoever it is. <laughs> so it was weird for me to hire someone because you have to really trust them. Yeah. And I have that person. But if it's your mom, I feel like I would, I'd be pretty trusting if it's my mom too, especially if she has, again, the business acumen that you talk about. Yep. Yep. Uh, CPA. She's, she's, uh, she likes to say to me, she's overqualified. Um, but she takes great care of me and there's no one else I would trust in the world to look over my finances and just have my back. Where do you live now? Uh, I'm actually down here now. So Nashville's home. Yep. How long has it been home? Um, I feel like it's been probably nine months to a year. Wow, that's it, huh? But by the time I got down here, you know, I joke about it. People are like, you live down here now. I'm like, well, I moved down here in time to start touring mm -hmm. so that I'm never around. But um, it's been great to me. Uh, I'm in and out you know, writing, touring, uh, management, everyone likes to keep me busy and I like to be busy. So it's been good. Whenever you do things like CMA week and it's consistent, you're going from event to event or event to show. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling, we'll call it love. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling love consistently now for your music and who you are? I think so. I think that, you know, you joked around when I first walked in here and you were like, I thought you were going to be like this. And I think that I have that part of me that's inside of me. And that's kind of from my sports background and everything. And, you know, I get that from my dad. I always like to say my dad's, we're both lovers until we don't have to be. And we're both teddy bears. But, um, you know, I have an edge to who I am. And that's definitely a part of my brand and, you know, what I am on stage. But I've, I've definitely felt the love. I think this week was such a success. I didn't know what to expect with, CMA Fest and getting out there and whether is this a good time slot or, or whatever it is, but to see, you know, the pockets of people screaming word for word and uh, making new fans, it definitely felt like a successful week for me and, you know, integrating into the scene on, of Nashville. Well, I don't want people to get it twisted. You can still rip my head off. I'm looking at your arms here. You can still rip my head off. And I think you would if I said a crossword. So when I say your friend, like your 
like you could do all the things that I thought you could do as far as like beat me up, break my back, whatever you needed to do. So don't take that as I'm calling you a wimp, Warren, because you, you still got it, man. <laughs> uh, you played lacrosse? Yep. 12, seems, 12. seems physical, like a physical sport. I have seven concussions to account for it being physical. You just said that twice. Yeah. Did, did you, I? Did your concussions did do I say that? it three times? You said, well, I said... <laughs> So tell me about lacrosse. I didn't grow up around lacrosse. Yeah, uh, most of my friends that live west coast or up in the you know northeastern part of the United States, they are um, they're introduced and they play lacrosse more than people from the south. Yep. So talk to me about the game. The game, man. Um, the roots really are actually a, it's actually a Native American sport, and I I don't know how much I have in my blood, but I do have some Native American in my. I'm not just saying that, but from my I think it's my grandmother's side. Um, but long story short, uh, I always thought I was going to be a hockey player for the longest time. I was obsessed with hockey growing Because you up. played hockey? No, because um, my dad uh, and I used to watch it all the time. I grew up going to uh, Hershey Bears games because I'm from Hershey. And they were the farm team for the Washington Capitals. So I was obsessed with hockey, loved rollerblading and all that, got into ice skating, the whole thing. Um, but when I eventually moved to Hershey uh, in fourth grade, I was introduced to the sport of lacrosse. It was a, it's a big thing up there around Maryland, yeah. Pennsylvania, New York, the whole, whole shebang. And, um, when I picked up a lacrosse stick, it was kind of in that moment, I realized I was like, this is something cool. This is something I could see myself doing. And dude, after a year of playing it, it became my life and I played all year round. So there was, did you like the contact? I did. I, I didn't mind the contact. I was actually kind of a, a smaller kid. I could never put on weight and that was always something that kind of bothered me, but I was always super fast and agile. Um, so I could get away from it. I, I like to think I get away from it, but seven concussions doesn't really <laughs> say I did get away from the contact. Um, if now being 24 and looking back, uh, I definitely probably would have hit the weight room sooner. Um, but it wasn't until after I kind of got to college where lifting became a huge thing for me because I went to college to play. Uh, but now lifting is everything to me. Working out is such a big pivotal part of my life, but 12 years, man. Were you pretty good high school player to play collegiate? Did you have scouts coming? Yep. College visits. I did the whole thing. Um, and like I said, I was playing all year round. So springtime is school season for lacrosse. And um, so I played summer league ball. I was going to showcases. I was going to colleges. I was doing tournaments. Um, same thing in the fall league. And then winter league, we played inside in a dome and stuff. So I was just always, always playing. Where did you play in college? I went to a school called uh, Frostburg State University. It's in Maryland. I went to go play Division Three in what I loved so much about it was, unfortunately, I didn't get to play very much because day two of practice, um, <clears throat> I got laid out by a 24-year-old Marine who was back from some years of service. And the way college athletics work, you know, you can have years of eligibility if you don't use them. There have been quarterbacks that have been 28 years old. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was coming off of a pick, and I got blindsided and um, laid me out flat on my back, blacked out, started season, called mm. an ambulance. And I was out for months, and I was confined pretty much to a black room. A out room. for months? What do you mean? Like as in, I wasn't able to play. I was missing classes. Oh, you were out of school and? Was missing classes. Wow. Couldn't take exams. Like, I couldn't think. It was, and it, I kind of went into a depression. Yeah, well, I, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there was, you know, blue light, the screens, like, watching TV would give you headaches. You'd get sick. Like, it was a, it was a pretty major concussion. Did you start to think that maybe it was never going to be right again? Um, that definitely was a fear of mine. Um, and I was spending a lot of weekends traveling back home to, uh, PA cause we have Hershey medical center 
And uh, the doctors there took really good care of me and just um, was like, hey, man, you've had a couple like minor concussions. This one's pretty major. If this happens again, like we're gonna have a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And surely enough, you know, I'm, I'm a dude that when I'm committed to something, I give everything I have. And now I get to say that I do this for country music and I love what I do. Um, but when it came to lacrosse and I had those months off and I had some time to reflect, I was like, you know, you know, the saying, you know, get knocked down, it's up to you to get back up. So when it came to winter break, you know, friends were out partying and drinking and stuff, but me, I was spending two a days in the gym and I was focused on taking care of my health and getting back on that field. Spring comes around, I get back to school, surely enough. I think it was God's way of saying, this isn't for you anymore. And I had another concussion. Wait, you went back? Yeah. After all that, you went back? Yeah. Like there's committed. Yep. And then there's, are you sure? Yeah. So you go back and what, my experience with friends, I've had some head issues, but never significant like yours. Some of my friends who've played professional sports talk about how if they've been hit and had a concussion or two, sometimes the lightest thing can cause a concussion afterward. It's almost mm-hmm. like you've been exposed, so it's yep. easier to be exposed to again. Is that what happened this time? It was. It was uh, It was the moment where when I went back for the spring season and I got hit, it was like I didn't even have to think about it. I got up from the hit and I was like, I'm jacked up. I just know. Really? Yeah. I just knew in my heart the way my neck snapped and the way I hit the ground. I was like, that's it. And threw my helmet off and I just it was just that moment of you do something for so long it becomes a part of who you are becomes a part of your identity yeah that's what i was known as the student athlete the you know little cross player and um giving that up was you know kind of an identity crisis for a little bit i was like what am i going to do with my time now uh this was everything to me and then you know here we are now. Here we are now. <laughs> Here we are now. Do you? And the last question, sports-wise, because I'm a massive sports guy, yeah. dude, sports show myself. But do you follow NFL at all? I do, um, not as closely, closely as I once did. Um, why? Was there I mean, just because Tua had all the concussions in Miami? Yeah, and you know he's out for a long time. Comes back and gets another one, and he said in the off season he debated retirement. He's not going to retire. It just seems similar. Like he's also a very intelligent sounding just a sound guy yeah and he's like you know i had all these and you guys just remind me of each other when you talk about it yeah and he's had them happen to him over and over again and when you're like you know i went back got hit again there was another one i feel like that happened to him last year like he just went back out boom got another one yeah like how how long until you go all right for the sake of my family and for the rest of my career in whatever else i'm going to stop playing ball i wonder if that's going to happen to him yeah, that, that, that was all. It was just the the parallels there between you two. No, for sure. And like that was a tough part for me to like come to grips with giving that up because, you know, not only was it me giving it up, it was my parents, like their time, their energy, traveling to tournaments with me. Yeah, sleep, all they've invested for sure. Yeah. Sleeping in the hotels, leaving work early, getting me to practice on time. Like, what do they tell you when you're? Did you have the conversation with them? Like, I'm thinking about doing this, or did you just tell them you were doing it? So I was, the conversation was open after the, uh, after the first severe one I had my freshman year before I even had the second one. And, um, you know, it was surprising to see their reactions. My dad was pretty supportive, but you know, he's comes from the age of rub some dirt on it. Rub some dirt on it. Yeah. Spit on it. Go back in. Yeah. Back in. And, um, 
you know, my dad's, my dad's form of getting better from being sick is going to the gym. And that's what I've always done. <laughs> like, even if I've had a sniffle, he's like, go work out. Although it may not make you feel better long-term, you'll feel better for the day because you went and got a sweat in. Um, but it was weird to see how much my mom held on to just what it was for me and coming to the game and rooting for me. And I think that they were fearful of losing that part of their lives too. Now they get to come across. And maybe the relationship <laughs> that's built in, yeah. that they get to come and support you. Yeah. And there is a an avenue yeah. for them to be with you yep. without having to go, hey, let's just hang out. And you do hang out, but yeah. that's definitely part of the relationship. 100%. But now they get to come to concerts. You're right. Now they get to come to shows. Yeah. It's all yep. different. Now my mom gets to manage my money. <laughs> and they get to watch and see how much money you're spending too. With mine, I'll call and be like, hey, can I get this? <laughs> you'll have those calls soon. And sometimes you'll call and go, did you just buy this? Yeah. And I, it's not my mom, but I'm like, uh, I forgot. You can see everything I'm buying. But yeah, now your mom's going to be be doing making those calls. I'm actually really glad because she's kept me you know, nice and you know, on straight and narrow and, you know, the money that I've spent has been nothing but, you know, good resources, investing in real estate and everything and, you know, good assets to have. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. Talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back on the Bobbycast. You know, it's guys like you that I really hate because you're a great athlete and now you're killing it in music. It's like you have all the talents that I never had. It's like God was looking up and he was like, okay, let's equally put out all these talents. And he like stumbled and fell and like threw some of you guys all of it and it went right over my head. 
And so I say that, and I'm completely serious. But other no. than that, here you are. Now you're killing it musically. So when did music start for you in a way of, hey, I think if I invest my time into this, like I did, it could be athletics, could be school, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I think I can, well, at least have a shot to have a shot. When did that start to happen? So the the short version of was music was always a part of my life, but it was never something that I invested heavily right. into because it was always athletics. Did you sing though, young? I did, but it was never, I was never in a band. I was never in the church choir. You know, I was did never- Did plays? In, did you no. ever sing, on, do a show publicly? No. Did anyone know you could sing? Family, family and friends. I was the dude, hey, Warren, go grab your guitar and play around the bonfire. You know what I mean? I took a couple of lessons in middle school, and but I was always um, so focused on sports that I never put the time and energy into learning you know, the proper technique, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Whenever I wanted to learn something, I just go to YouTube and I look at the courts. Just sweat equity itself, yeah. right? You don't have yeah. the time for that because you're putting it in something else. Yep. So the the frame of mind was when COVID hit and I'm an extrovert. I got to be doing something. I just gave up lacrosse. Now I'm back home. I transferred schools. I'm living under mom and dad's roof again. We're confined to the walls of our home. I'm like, I'm going nuts. And so my outlet was hop on social media. And, you know, while I'm in between taking classes and, you know, online Zooms, I'm just going to start posting videos of myself for fun of just singing songs that I like and stuff that I'm listening to right now. First one I put out on uh, TikTok and Instagram was a cover of Tennessee Whiskey. And people were like, who's this dude? Like, this is cool. Wake up the next morning. It's got 300,000 views. I'm like, what like that was so big to me from first video posting on social media of me singing like that's a pretty big number were you shy to sing let's say five years ago 10 years ago even you knew you could do it a little bit and they said yeah. warren was the guy with the guitar were you also the guy be like yeah sure i'll sing or were we like i don't know i think you know actually i'm glad you bring that up because i haven't really touched on this much in interviews but i was actually bullied i was um i was an athlete and in middle school, um, I always loved to sing. Didn't matter whether if it was country, whether it was rock, Justin Bieber, Christian music, whatever it was. If there was a song that I was connected to, I just was humming it in the car. I was humming it on the lacrosse field. I was always singing something. But um, in middle school, uh, there was these two girls that I had a crush on. And we were at a Christmas party, had a guitar, and they wanted me to sing. Hadn't hit puberty yet, so voice sounded a certain way. And um, they videoed it, and surely enough, it lived on YouTube for years and years. <clears throat> so I got to high school after three years of middle school of being berated about this video. Why were people making fun of you for the video? I think it was because of maybe the way I sounded. Jealousy, you know? though? Could you sing? Yeah. Like, there are people that sound terrible that don't get made fun of. And this is my point. Yeah. If you just sounded bad, I don't think anybody's going to say anything to you because... Most people sound bad. Yeah. So it must be, in a way, a sense of jealousy. Because why would you pick on somebody who just sounded bad? Unless you're picking on somebody who sounds pretty good and you're a little jealous that you don't have some sort of talent. I got the crap beat out of me as a kid. So like when you say that stuff, yeah, I go, huh, let's evaluate and really get into why. So 
you sounded weird, but could you hold a tune? Could you stay mm-hmm. on key? Okay. Oh, yeah. So they're jealous of you. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so I think that that was a part of it, and I think that's like what my parents kind of taught me too. And, you know, I, I wouldn't go back in time and change a thing because I think that I keep that with me as a fuel of source, and I'm happy that kind of happened to me because it made my skin thicker. How would and, they bully you? Well, I think, honestly, dude, I'd be in class, and we'd have a school project, and these kids would put a put the video in their project and play it in front of everybody. And it was like a thing that they were trying to humiliate you. Yeah. At any, at any, at any turn they could get. And it kind of, you know, pushed me away from the whole music thing and probably pushed me away from putting stuff on social media years and years ago. Um, And then it really got bad when I got to high school and it was my first day as a freshman for um, lacrosse tryouts as a freshman and uh, we were getting ready to do uh, workouts. And surely enough, they put the video on the speakers, over the loud speakers. The same kids? No, older kids, because kids in my class told their older brothers on the team Got it. about this video. And surely enough, again, try to get under my skin, try to get in my psyche, the whole thing. And it was kind of like at every turn, man, whether it was a school project, whether it was over the speakers, whether it was on the bus after a game, trying to play the video, like... I think the kids just tried to find an angle to come at me. I like to think I'm a pretty, you know, decent dude. I like to think I'm decent looking. You know, I have a charm to me. I hold myself a certain way, but I think that they tried to find a weak point in, you know, on my side and figure out if they could get to me. But again, I look back and I'm, I'm happy it happened because it makes all of this that much better. Yeah, sure. Why don't you go to the girls and be like, take this freaking video down. So I tried to, I, I did for the longest time. And they were like, we don't remember the password. We mm. did this, you know, you try to file a thing on it, whatever it is. This isn't me. Da, 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 da. I try to take it down and it just nothing, never, huh? nothing. I hate that. I hate that to go through that. <sighs> yeah, it, it, it did suck. But you know, like I said, it happened for a reason and Life goes on. Man, and all those little dicks. They're eating yeah, it right man. now. They're eating it right now because you're <laughs> killing it. They're eating it. Like, play. Next time you go home, you put the video up. Well, so it's funny you bring that up. My mom, she took it much more to heart than I did. Um, I never had those parents, and I was never that dude who was like, I'm going to get my mom and dad involved. I was like, I'll, I'll handle my own stuff. I'll, I'll take care of it. it. It's fine. I'm focused on lacrosse. And I think that that was a big thing too that bothered them that I never let them see me sweat. My dad always said that. And I was just, I was a pretty good lacrosse player too. So I think that that didn't help that I was getting playtime over some older kids As too. a sophomore, you're in. As a freshman. As so a, like oh, also, wow. you know what I mean? So yeah. like they, anything you can find. I'd to be try playing to, your video too if I was a senior in your trying Trying to find someone's weak point. Um, but uh, like you said, it makes it that much sweeter. But my mom said, when you come back to Hershey and you play the Hershey Park Stadium, I think we should put that video completely agree up on the video walls. And not only for you, but for all the other yous that are 10, yeah. 15 years younger than you. 100%. That are there watching it that night. Because yeah. again, as a, someone who got bullied a lot, I got the crap beat out of me constantly. I just kind of felt like I was alone, but you get older and you realize that a lot of people are going through it, but, but nobody really talks about it. So everybody feels like they're doing it by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm on your mom's side. I think it's a great testament. I'm sorry I had to go through that. And you know, the sweetness of it is that, Hey, look at me. I'm successful. The sweetness is that you've been able to go through that and you have the most valuable possible thing, which is empathy 
for that situation and perspective. Yeah. And you can't get those two things unless you've gone through that thing. 100%. And so for that, like, I hate it happened, but you made it through it, and now you can make sure it doesn't happen for other people. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and I think that you're 100% right, and it definitely did push me away from pursuing that for the longest time. It was until really, you know, COVID and that whole thing, and I got on social media, but there was one more moment where, when I went to college, I brought my guitar with me and I was kind of like, you know, against bringing it because I was like, okay, now I'm going to go to college and I don't want to put up with the same. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is, fresh leather, yep. friendly staff, or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. My mom was like, just bring it along. You know, the chicks will love it. <laughs> so I bring She's it along. right. <laughs> so I bring it along. And I was playing in my dorm room. And it was super nice because the I lived with seven other lacrosse players in a, in a quad. And they were like, their their way of saying you're good was, dude, you're actually not bad. Like, you actually <laughs> suck. It's dudes not being vulnerable. It's, yeah, exactly. Hey, you don't suck as bad as I thought you would. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. And um, so then I was their little, their little party trick whenever we had, you know, women involved and stuff hanging out with us. But um, yeah, it was small little moments like that. And I think that the good Lord was always putting seedlings out there for me, that music was something on my mm. heart, that it was going to be something that I would eventually do. So were you nervous? Because I would have been the very first time I'm recording myself to put it out there public. I'd have been like, ooh, PTSD almost. Like, I, I'm going to, because you're playing. That's great. Heck, if his phone would have come out while I was playing, I'd be like, put your phone down. I don't want to, I would feel that just in me. So if you're posting a video of yourself singing, I would think that that would kind of come into play. It, it definitely did, and I think that you know my brain wanted to play tricks on me, and you're overthinking it, overthinking it. Like, am I really going to post this? Am I really going to put myself back out there? But 
it was one of those things where, you know, post, don't even look at it, don't acknowledge it, put it away. And that's when I said, when I woke up the next morning and I saw the reactions, I was like, oh, like, that's kind of cool. Like, there's people out there that might enjoy what I do. So then I took that and then it wasn't in that exact moment where I was like, this is something I'm going to do. It was just kind of like, you know what, that's cool. I'll continue to post videos on social media. In the meantime, while I'm, you know, this will be my platform to start posting stuff for fun, taking classes, whatever, finish my junior year of college. What was the plan? Because music wasn't quite there yet, but athletics was over. Yeah. Like that, that purgatory, we'll call it purgatory. Yeah. What, what was the plan then? Uh, purgatory for me was um, just focusing on the books, on school. And I think that at that time being, I was actually working with my dad. I sold cars for two years. And sales has always been in my blood from my grandfather to my dad to me. Um, as my dad would like to say, shout out to Papa Bear. Um, we can wheel and deal. And we've always been really good with just interacting with people. And so I always thought maybe I'd get into some form of medical sales or something of that sorts, just interacting with people. Now I'm in the position of interacting with people all the time. And now I get to sell my music and sell myself sure. as a person. Um, but that purgatory for me, uh, was focusing on mental health, focusing on physical health, and the gym became, you know, my safe place. And that's where I spent a lot of my time. After all those concussions, I was like, you know, I'm so sick of being small. Whether it was now I want to develop a good body, I want to develop strength, whatever, and kind of build up myself to be able to stand on my own two feet and feel good about myself. So that was kind of where I was at at that point in time, super focused on lifting. But then after starting to post those videos... What was the second song you posted? Uh, that's a good question. What was the second song? I know early on, Chris Stapleton was a lot. I was doing some Whiskey Myers. I was doing... Um, what else did I do? Broken Halos might have been the second one. What was the biggest early? The biggest early one. The one where I was like, okay, there might be something here was my version of Nose on the Grindstone by Tyler Childers. And that had seven, 800,000 views. And that was kind of like, okay, this, this could be something cool to pursue. And at this time and this duration of just sporadically posting here and there, there was no thought process. There was no what you. And when I continued to do this and post the covers, there was people being like, what's your original music? What are you writing? And I was like, had you written anything? No, I'm like, I'm not a writer. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't, I you wasn't exposed to that. No, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't know anything about the music industry. I'm going to be straight up with you. My thought process of the music industry, I thought you had to go on American Idol to, to, to actually get into the music industry. I knew nothing about this whole scene. No one in my family was musician, no, musician, musically talented, none of that. So I never had any things to draw from to know better. So like, hey, like we want to know your original music. So then I was like, well, I don't do that, but okay. So then I started writing, tried it out. First song I wrote was my song on the run in my childhood bedroom. I went to Guitar Center. I bought two microphones, bought an interface, watched a YouTube video on my laptop, plugged it all in one take in my bedroom, just set it up, had no idea what I was doing. I literally just pressed record, no mixing, no mastering, nothing, just recorded it, singing the song from top to bottom. I must've done it 10 times. And I picked, I remember the picking the 10th one. I was like, that's pretty good. And uploading it, had no idea what, you know, 
people use TuneCore and you know all these other things as independent artists. I was like, I don't even know how to get a song on Spotify. I was like, I don't even know how people do that. So I had to do all these things and learn all these things to even get myself out there. So I went ahead and did that. And during this duration of time, my manager today had been reaching out to me for four months. Through like the DM? DM, like, yeah. email, trying to find my phone number. It was just trying to get a hold of me because he thought I was already being managed because of the way I was marketing myself, the way I was branding myself, how I was controlling the fans from, controlling is maybe not the right word, but being like they were following me. They weren't just followers, passive followers on social media. They were like, okay, we're going to go hear what you're putting on YouTube. We're going to go listen to your song now on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube. So he had already thought I had a manager. I'm like, no, man, this is, this is just me doing the whole song and dance. Finally got a hold of me. And it wasn't until him and I spoke and we met. How did he finally get a hold of you? He got my phone number, and I wish I remember how he told me he got it. In a roundabout way, probably creepy, but he got my phone number somehow. Calls me up, and I'm like, who's this dude? Some bald guy from Nashville wanted to talk to me. Um, 42 years old. I'm like, I know nothing about Nashville. Never been down there. Had rarely traveled besides what I did for lacrosse. And um, he was just like, hey, man, I don't want to have a manager. I don't want to step on any toes. Uh, I just wanted to reach out and just check in and see if you do or not and see if there's any way I could be of help. And I was like, no. <laughs> He's like... No to all? No, no manager yeah. and you can't help me? No, no, oh. no no to manager. And then I'm just, again, no one knows anything about the music industry in my family. So I'm like, hey, mom, like, there's this dude that wants to talk to me. Again, I'm 21 at this point. I'm still in college. He wants to talk to me about maybe coming out of Nashville to meet him, yada, yada, yada. So him and I built a rapport on, on just phone calls and texts for a month. It wasn't until I went down to meet him. It's so funny, man, just the story. I go down and meet him. My first ride in Nashville was when I wrote Ride the Lightning. First time being in Nashville, I wrote it in his guest bedroom. It was a Zoom write with Eric Pasley and Rob Crosby. I'm nervous as crap. Love Eric Pasley, amazing artist, amazing writer. I'm like, dude, I listened to you, and now I'm going to be on a Zoom call with you, and I'm writing. I'm like, what is this world? So we wrote Ride the Lightning and spent a week with him. I come back home, but he was the first dude to tell me, you have something, and it's up to you. If you want to pursue this, you can do this. He was the first person to tell me, this is something you can do. You have something special. Because my parents didn't know better. You know, they just knew I could sing, but they didn't know, like, this is something to pursue and whatnot. So I come back home and I was like, hey, man, I think you should really fly back with me and meet my parents. I think it's a respectful thing to do. I just spent a week with you in Nashville. You didn't kill me. This is great. I'm still Sounds living. Sounds like you're dating somebody. <laughs> I'm Sounds still... like, yeah, long distance relationship. You should come back. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still living. Kill me. Yeah, come yeah. meet the family. Yes. So he comes back and I remember on the flight back, I was like, okay, so... Remind me what you told me. You're, we're going to go back. We're going to meet my parents. And then you're going to tell them I'm dropping out of college. Because I'm like, I hate school. I'm done with school. You're going to tell them I'm dropping out. This is real. Because he went through my DMs with me. I had record labels and I had publishers in my DMs and had no idea. Because I wasn't looking for it. Like I had no idea. I was looking for the hot blondes. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't looking for, you know. <laughs> and who even knows? Like you said, in Hershey, Pennsylvania, the music industry no. isn't taught at the level you would even know 
what a publisher is. I no. didn't know what a publisher no. was until I, dude, I still barely know. Right. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, it's not that crazy. I know being in Nashville, if you say that, people are like, oh, but it's not that. Cra-. I come from a town of seven hundred people in Arkansas. Yeah, I know crap about music. Yeah, except for what I saw on television. Hundred percent. And so, what your parents say when this random guy shows up and says your son's dropping out of college? They were shell shocked. My my mom and dad. There was pushback. They're like, you're so close to graduating. How I, close? I think I was probably a little over a semester. I was a little over a semester. And um, oh, that is close. Yes. Yeah. And me, I was. I did well in school, but it was never something that I was so. I was very just street smarts, and I always did really well in classes where I had the ability to use my talent. So I did really well in marketing and sales because it was just it was just kind of like things you knew internally. It was in my blood. Um, so long story short, it comes back. We sit down. We have a nice meal. Tells him. And my mom was like, okay, so if you're, this was your son, what would you say? And he was, and he, this is his words. He was like, if my son was as talented as your son, I would tell him, don't look back. This, you can always go back to school. This is something you have a chance to do. And that from that moment forward, once, like I said to you early on in the interview, when someone tells me I can do something, and when I believe in it myself and I have the ability to put everything I have into it, I will. I will go all in and I will do whatever it takes to succeed. And once he gave me that green light and I gave up school, dude, I was going, I was flying back and forth to Nashville every other week, week at a time, two weeks down there, writing, shaking hands, meeting people, taking care of the socials. I'm, I still manage my socials, man. Like it's still me heavily whether it's what I'm posting, what I want to say, commenting to fans, like I'm still very heavily involved in that because that's what got me here. And I still really want to be involved in that. So um, I love what I get to do. It just took someone to come along the way to be like, you can do this. Mm. And I'm glad he did. And he, he's still your manager? Yep. And he's bald. He is bald. You had to throw that in there, right? I mean, I, I, had, to. Nowhere. I, was like, I had to. I had to. I did to. visualize it better once you said that, but I thought, well, okay. That's we'll the only detail I remember. Yeah. Yeah, there the, you go. And I picture it's like bald, pasty white head, and I don't even yep. know who it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bobby Cast. We'll be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacovas store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is the Bobby Cast. Writing songs, how I'm not gonna say quickly, yeah, but I'm gonna I'll say how fast did you uh, like acclimate to being in a room with other people and yeah. sharing personal things to be put into songs? You know, man, it, it, it's it's like a muscle, and you have to work it to get used to it, and and, and it is a it is an intimidating thing. I mean, again, from a, a kid who knew nothing about this. I'm coming into town, new kid on the block, never a writer. These dudes are people I've looked up to, great writers, great artists who are writing with me. It's intimidating, very much so. So it definitely took time, but it. what I'm so grateful for is I was getting into the right rooms of people being welcoming. And it was very much of like, we know you're new to this, so we're going to help you out. And it was an understanding of knowing I'm new and people believing into me early. So I think it was really cool of just perfect storm, getting in the right rooms with people that understood what I was doing, repetition. And a lot of the writers that are on my debut album coming out are dudes that I've been writing with since I started in town. And because they believed in me early on and they just wanted to help me grow and just help me get better at doing this whole this whole thing I call a lifestyle, not even a job. Mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle. This is what we do. It's pretty cool that past lane is your first right. Yeah. That you write, ride the lightning. I mean, and Eric's written, uh, only if it breaks your heart, Eli young band, barefoot blue G night, yeah. Jake Owen, uh, Friday night, his song that was number one. Uh, I think you want to see him a for, uh, she don't love you. She just love, love that song. Yeah. Awesome. Love song. that song. And what you may not know, which probably you probably do. Cause everybody knows the song in the whole world. Cause it was a massive hit. Uh, Eric and I wrote a kid song together called uh, When I Grow Up that had just tens of streams. Here you go. <laughs> hey, when I grow up, 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 I can be whatever I want. Hey, Mike. A little past laid gym there. <laughs> You've heard vocals like that before? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No words. How many streams does it have, Mike, honestly? Uh, I don't see it on this service. No, it's probably 10 million. Yeah. It probably crushes Ride the Lightning. Like, I think it's a like billion. Yeah, oh yeah, it was the first billion billion stream kid song. So yeah, nothing's either, so I'm just letting you know, buddy. Uh, you've done 100 shows now. Yep. That's, that's you're putting, I mean, you. that's muscle memory there, right? Like yeah. things are going wrong enough that you don't have to freak out about them going wrong. Yep. I mean, that's me on stage doing stand-up. I was scared to death, not of... At first, of my jokes just bombing because that was going to happen anyway. But it was like technically, what if something went wrong? What if it? 
But once it goes wrong a few times, you're like, oh, well, worst case is this can happen. Yeah. And then you actually get better because you've gone through some crap on stage. Oh, yeah. and you don't worry about the crap as much anymore. No. And 100 shows, when I read that you did 100 shows, I'm like, oh, he's had enough mess ups. that I, I've, He's probably pretty comfortable now with just getting on stage and letting it go. Yeah. Any accuracy there with that? 100%. I think that it's, like you said, it's repetition. It's getting used to the uncontrollable. There's just, there's too many factors that you can't control. And um, I'm just shy, just passed a little bit of 100 now. 100th show was um, um, Stagecoach, which was a lot of fun. And, um, but yeah, I think my first show ever, it was it was funny. It was my acoustic tour last year in March. First time ever stepping on a stage. First time stepping on a stage, man, was in front of 700 people for a sold out show. And I was like, holy shit, I'm actually about to do this. Like, was it weird that people came for you and paid money for you specifically? You're selling your tickets. Yeah, I think that, that was... The first couple times, right? Yeah, you're like, I have 700 people here? Yeah. Because you're so... Because especially coming from the social media thing, you see the numbers on the phone, you're like, okay, like that's cool. They're not real eyeballs that paid real money, honestly. Now they're there. Mm-hmm. Time, energy, merch, their time, they're buying drinks, they're having a great time. And no one's forcing them to sing the words. And they're singing word for word at the top of their lungs. And it's like, I was so nervous taking that stage. And there were so many thoughts going through my head. And when I tell you things could have went wrong, things went wrong. Vocal mic's not working. Feedback from the wedge wasn't getting fixed for four or five songs. Like, just having to... And I think I'm so grateful for the sports background. Just having to acclimate in uncomfortable situations. And I think being in uncomfortable situations all the time, you get so used to being uncomfortable and it just makes you a better person Mm -hmm. for the uncontrollable. So it was after that night though, that first show I played, people asked me like, when did you know? Like, when did you know this was like your thing? You know, you write the music, you got the songs coming out, you're streaming, it's, it's a crate, it's cool, you're posting social media videos. But that night after playing my first show, it was like, yep, this is what I was born to do. Was it a high when you were done? It was a high like no other. And there's just, there's a, and you can, you can attest to this too. There's no feeling like going out there in such loud crowds and seeing the faces and shaking the hands and, and seeing the signs and seeing them sing word for word or just laughing to your jokes, whatever it might be. It's just like, it, it's a unreal feeling of just the, the heart, the passion, the people, the way they resonate with songs. You write a song one way and they take it another way, but that's the beauty of music. It's you take songs and fit them into your life the way you need them to. Tell me about Pretty Little Poison, the name first. Yep. Why Why the name Pretty okay. Little Poison? Is that about me? Be honest. Do you, you, you want it to be about you? <laughs> I don't actually. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think you do actually. Um, Pretty Little Poison. Uh, so I wrote that song. Um, well, how long ago did I write that song already? I was in the room and that day I just had on my, I had on my mind, I was like, I would, I would love to write a darker themed love song because as you can, I'm sure see from some of the music that I have out very minor keys, you know, that outlaw feeling dark sense to me. Yeah, minor for those listening, minor, usually dark, sad, somber, yep. major, bright, fun, happy. Yes. yes. Um, and I love, I love the major keys. I think it's very on brand for what I do. Um, but when it came to writing Pretty Little Poison, I was like, I don't have a song title, but I'm like, just conceptually, we started talking about this idea in the room. And uh, shout out to Ryan Beaver. 
he's got a couple songs on my. God, I love Ryan Beaver too. Such man. a sweetheart of a dude. Like and so good as a and as, and a singer. Like I love his yep. music too. Yep. Yeah. And um, he was one of the first. He's one of the dudes early on to buy into me and you know help me form myself into what I am now, um, and ever growing. Uh, but he's got a couple songs on the debut album, Pretty Little Poison. But when it came to writing Pretty Little Poison, he came up with Pretty Poison. I was like, I love the P's. I love the alliteration. I was like, what if we wrote Pretty Little Poison? And it was from that moment, just the word little, it just made it click for us. We wrote that song so fast. It just fell together. Then when we were done writing it, we, we got a demo. Then I wrote the demo. I sang the demo twice. I got the demo back that week. And I remember when I got it, I sent it to my manager. I sent it to my AR dude. And I was like, this song is something special. And it was one of those moments where, you know, you get a song, you're like, this is a good song. It was, I believed it when I got that song back. I'm like, this is something that's going to be heard. And um, yeah, that song is, it, it actually kind of is a dark song. Uh, if you actually listen to the lyrics and, and what it truly represents and what I've explained it to be. But um, wrote is, it, is the album dark then? It's got hints of it, for sure. Um, the overarching arching theme I like to talk about when it comes to the album and why we called it Pretty Little Poison was um, that's our focus, that song. Um, but the overarching theme, if you've watched, have you seen the music video by chance for Pretty Little Poison? It's nope. okay if you have. I have not. I wouldn't lie, don't worry. How no, no you're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, I'd love it if you did. Um, but you never see the girl's face in, in the music video. And it's supposed to represent this, uh, I like to say, the faceless cowgirl. Because the songs in this album are about some women along the way in my life, whether it's my life personally, it's friends' lives, overall arching stories that I've heard from others as well. Um, but a lot of them hit home for me. But I wanted to have that ideology of the faceless cowgirl. And you can, whether you're a dude or whether you're a girl, the faceless cowboy, whatever, you can put yourself into those shoes. But the overall arching theme for Pretty Little Poison itself, whether it's a female, it's going back to something in life that you know is not good for you. You love it that much. It's the temptress. It's this thing that you know really deep down is not good for you, but it just it's, it's just that good that you can't let it go. Pop-Tarts for me. It's Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Whatever it Yours may be. Your Pretty Little Poison is a cowgirl. My yeah. Pop-Tarts, yeah. Hey, man. I'm, strawberry. I'm glad we... Oh, strawberry. I know I shouldn't eat them, but I do. That's a good one. And I keep rocking them. You so brown, yeah. brown sugar guy at all? No, no. No? Yeah. Brown sugar? That's okay. No. They're okay. I'll eat them if they're the last one. Okay. But brown sugar and then coffee ones are disgusting too. But anyway, back to you. Okay. This is about you only, about me occasionally. <laughs> Go ahead. But no, yeah, the, like I said, it's, it's this thing that you can't say no to. And it's just, it's that sweet. And I think that when I wrote it at that time, I was like to, to joke that I spoke this song into fruition. Like I spoke this song into existence. I thought when we were writing it, I was like, oh, I've been here before because me and Ryan were going back and forth. He's like, dude, I've had this before. And I was like, yeah, I, mean, I feel like I've definitely had it. It wasn't until after I wrote the song that I truly knew what a pretty little poison was. I spoke that song into existence, man. And I went so you manifested, manifested poison in your life. Oh, yeah. I'm going to leave it there, but you manifested the poison. Yep. And I hope. Are you sure you weren't <laughs> searching for it purposefully? So I hear you. Say no more. Yep. Yep. Say no probably, more. Probably was. Yeah. So the, the, the sampler, the four songs that I had and heard, mm -hmm. that's the Pretty Little Poison sampler. It's the EP. But then yep. there's the, when I ask about Pretty Little Poison, there's a whole album going to be named that too, right? Yep. Got it. Well, look. And let's play a clip of that. I know we talked about it before you got here, Mike, but let's play a little bit of Pretty Little Poison. Pretty little poison, my heart 
I'm excited for you, man. You know, it's it's cool to see not just how you did it, but what you're doing with what you did and the direction that you're going still. Because it's different, honestly. You know, it's different. And in a time where a lot of homogenization, no doubt about it, mm-hmm. there's a reason we wanted to talk to you. A reason I wanted to talk to you. Yeah. Like, I, I like to watch how you're doing it. And congratulations on everything. And I think there's also a lot to be said about being uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable a whole lot of the time, that when you're uncomfortable again, it's not a shock to the system. And that, for me, it makes the comfortable times almost uncomfortable. I'll be honest with you, where I'm like, mm-hmm. this feels too good. Yep. Something bad's got to, and sometimes that's unhealthy and I got to stop that. <laughs> then when it is good, I'm questioning it. But now I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Uh, I appreciate that. And um, I was super happy when I figured out that, you know, I was wondering if you ever want to have a conversation with me. But I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy you did and you brought me on because I'm happy to hear that I'm not crazy, but you know I'm doing it a different way. And I kind of knew when I was making this approach and taking this way, me and my manager were like, you know, you will help, you will have a certain time going through this process because of the way you want to approach the this. The same way that you were bullied and you learned so many things about, well, all of it, you're going through it a different way. You're going to learn. There are going to be a lot of haters too that are not just you, but anybody that does it differently. And I could list four or five artists that have done it differently. And all of a sudden they're the worst. They're not, they're not country. There's, and then all of a sudden what they were doing popped so hard, it became the norm. And what I'm doing is kind of seeing this again with how you're doing it, where nobody's hating on you for your vocals or, or your image or anything, but you are doing it in a bit of a different way, mm-hmm. but also that's very legitimate. And that's uh, that's what's different about it. Yeah, I like it. Keep your head down. Keep pushing. I got to tell you that you're already going to do that. So, yeah, <laughs> you big, know me now. <laughs> yeah, big big fan for sure. Uh, you guys follow Warren. Uh, it's just on Instagram and TikTok. It's just Warren Ziders. And January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Oh, I still got to do fingers. August twenty fifth. August twenty fifth is when Pretty Little Poison comes out. Yes. Do you know all the months by number? Uh, Ten. No. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Well, no, if you look up in no. the sky, there's a count. <laughs> I was counting my fingers. I know. 12 was, December, right? 12 is December. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. <laughs> yeah, I can go like five deep. Yeah. May, and then I lose it until about November, 11 yeah. and 12. Yeah. So you guys follow Warren. Big fan, really. Keep it up. Thank and you. really been great talking to you. There he is. Warren Ziders, everybody. Thanks for listening to a BobbyCast production. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.